Christian Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Some councils are auditing schools and urging a ban on the terms boy and girl. For those who are in an open or polyamorous relationship, your relationships are holy. A gay black woman's victim status is less than that of a black trans woman who ranks below a black Muslim trans woman. We don't want to just win the argument about sexuality. We want to use this as a gospel opportunity. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome into Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd and team are out on campus today for Witness Wednesday, of course. And this week, they're in Athens at UGA. And before we get to the campus, I wanted to first take just a second and share something with you. This weekend, Friday through Sunday, is the annual Wretched Digital Sale. And you're going to find the digital download or stream of certain resources marked 50% off normal price. And it's this Friday through Sunday only, and it's only for select resources. But I wanted to specifically mention it here because Terrified 2 is among the resources that will be marked down. And Terrified 2 is It's an excellent resource that can help you not feel so terrified of sharing your faith with complete strangers or even your family members. And I do tend to recommend it here from time to time. So I wanted to make sure that I did mention it at a time that it's marked down 50% off. And again, that's this Friday through Sunday only. All right. Now, enough of that. Let's get out to the campus now with Todd at the University of Georgia. Welcome to Wretched. Hey, dude. Nice to meet you. You are? Darian. Darian. I'm going to take these off because... I just don't like the barrier between us. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Sweet. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you are like the sharpest dressed man on the entire Georgia campus. What's you, going on? You flatter me. I actually just had a presentation in one of my marketing classes. What were you presenting? I was presenting on an integrated marketing campaign about a company that I started here in Athens. It's a video production company. Get out of town. Yeah. And look at that. We're doing a video production. That's yeah, awesome. Sweet. All right. Now, I want to ask you a question specifically, Darian. Do you see those signs over there? I don't know if you can read each one, but it says wisdom, justice, and moderation. Yeah. All right. What is wisdom? Wisdom is about, it's about more than knowledge. It's about actually um, not just knowing like facts or anything like that, but it's actually taking those facts and applying them to situations that um, I guess des- like deserve them being applied to. So it's not just about knowing a bunch of random things. It's about knowing how to apply the knowledge that you have in everyday situations. That's pretty good. Okay. Is wisdom a good thing? I would definitely say wisdom is a good thing. Why? It's good to be wise because you have the wherewithal to make harder decisions um, based on past experiences, based on other people's experiences, and you're not caught um, in the middle of, of decisions simply because you have no idea what you should be doing. Now, I would like to ask you a philosophical question. This concept of wisdom, the, the, the idea that applying knowledge to a situation for a good outcome is a good thing. Where did that concept come from? Wisdom. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that it was a biblical concept, um, simply because I feel like that's where a lot of uh, philosoph- philosophers kind of, de- that's a lot of what they went to in order to kind of understand what is true and what isn't true. So that's that's what I would say um, as, as wisdom, just because you also find a lot of um, anecdotes and a lot of stories about, and you find the word wisdom a lot in the Bible about like, right, this so person. You think there's wisdom in the Bible? But the concept of wisdom, as is written down, supposedly in the Bible, where did it come from? Who invented wisdom? Hmm. I, I would feel I feel like it was a lot of philosophers that just kind of came about the idea of the or this concept of wisdom as it applied to what they were trying to define. So, it's, so men did. I would say that they were the ones that labeled it as wisdom. Now, what if I said that? I don't like your definition of wisdom. I think that it's wise to wreak as much havoc as possible on society. I think that's wise. Would I be wrong? 
I would say that you're. Hmm. It depends on how you defended that uh, that idea. Like you, you're how it, it depends on what your definition of wisdom. Are you making that? Statement? I'll tell you what. You tell me I'm wrong. I think it's good to make as much trouble as possible. Persuade me that I'm wrong. Okay. Um. If if the pur- I I personally feel like the pur- our purpose is to make leave no, let no one leave you unless they're leaving you better and happier. So and if you're, I yeah, but I I don't. Okay, so I guess my question is, why do you feel that's necessary? Why do you feel like you? I like it. Okay, does that make you? Is it what like what sort of like do you get? Is that like a like a? An, I enjoy it. You enjoy it, like like deep down, enjoy it, just like a surface level. Or is like, do you get like an erotic like profound profound excitement out of hurting other people? Um, I feel like that's partly the definition of a sociopath. So I, uh, how do you know? Maybe I think you're a sociopath. Well, then what's your definition of a sociopath? Somebody who's kind of nutty. Someone who's, well, that's that's very vague. So okay. I'll take that. But you call me a sociopath. I'm calling you a sociopath. Which one of us is correct? I would say that based on whoever's closer to the definition of what a sociopath is, is someone who is who takes delight in the harm of other people without um, without really considering like what sort of uh, negative consequences that may have. Okay, now uh, keep going with me. You're doing good. I think the definition of sociopath is somebody who doesn't like to be mean to society. Now what do we do? So, I have a, the opposite definition of sociopath than you do. Which one of us is correct? I would say that I'm correct because if you're say if factually following your thought process that someone who is a sociopath does not take delight in hurting other people, that means that a sociopath is someone who. No, you said you said the opposite of that. You said that a sociopath- this isn't easy. I, I understand that. I think that it is good to be a sociopath. Why would you tell me? And who are you to tell me I'm wrong? I'm someone that's tell as as a human being who has you know not just my own interests at heart but also the interests of other people. That's who I would be to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. I think it's evolutionary to kind of weed out society, kind of thin the herd a little bit, get rid of the weak, survival of the fittest. So I think it's good to get rid of some of those feeble people. But that's not what you said the first time. You simply said that you wanted to. And I like it too. Okay. You and my motivation is to also thin the herd. You want to thin the herd. So basically, you have an Oliver Wendell Holmes kind of mentality about kind of this like, and I guess Darwinism. So like. Uh, the, only the survival of the fit will be the ones that survive. Well, let's go with that. Good so, reference, dude. Yeah. And so, I, to a certain extent, Margaret Sanger. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, so essentially, like what you're saying—that's not what you said the first time. The first time you said that you just simply wanted to um, cause trouble for people, and you know, if other if people die in the process, is eugenics wrong? Eugenics. So the killing of of like what doctors do is. Uh, People that we deem to be mentally retarded, we don't think they should breed eugenics. Eugenics. Or exterminating a race of people. It was Adolf Hitler wrong. Yes, he was. He thought he was right. How do you know? How do I know that he was right or how do I know that he was wrong? How do you know he was wrong? Because what he did, basically his motivations for doing what he did were completely off base. He believed, he blamed. What's, entire, what's base? He blamed an entire group of people for issues and problems that that they didn't actually cause or commit. And so by passing, passing the buck to a group of people just to give himself the the ability or basically the right to exterminate them that was completely off base and by base what i'm saying is that it it was it was wrong it was it was basically he was basically taking but, but he thought he was right but here's the thing he what he thought was right what he no no not many people do what they do um out like ideally to um just hurt other people for the sake of hurting other people a lot of people do things just because they have good intentions at heart adolf hitler as what you look at he had an idea for what he thought was best for his group of people what he did was completely wrong and what the way that he went about doing why it was wrong. because in the process he exter- he he went about it in a way of killing certain people who he be- he only believed he didn't have any physical he didn't have evidence he didn't have okay any- let me let me let me okay now let me just say and this and i don't want this to sound offensive to anybody who is hearing this don't hear this the wrong way 
if Adolf Hitler were to argue that actually exterminating those Jewish people has been good for the world. And let's just say he could go to a lab or he had some sociological study or he went to a university and they concluded it was actually good that he did that to six million Jewish people. Would he then be right? He would not be right. Why? And it would be it would be on a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? And on an ethical standpoint, he would not be right ethically. Um, Who defines what is ethically right or wrong? I feel like it stems from a lot of what we innately believe to be right and wrong. And so, uh, what? But you understand, he innately believed he was right. I think he had to do a little bit of convincing um, in order to do that. Or I would go back to that part about him being a sociopath. So you have this obscure. Let me, let me try this. You're doing good, by the way. All right. The island of Boingo Boingo, they actually have voted. They all agree, the majority, I think it's about 73% of the Boingo Boingies, they believe that cannibalism is good. So they enjoy noshing on Uncle Phil with a mild barbecue sauce. And they've agreed, consensus, the majority, that that is the right thing. Now, here in America, cannibalism is wrong. Here's my question. Is cannibalism right or wrong? I personally believe that cannibalism is wrong, and I think that the majority of the world also believes that cannibalism is wrong. But the Boingo Boingoese do not. So are they wrong? I'm, I'm fascinated by what sort of, I guess, factors they took into consideration to determine that, that cannibalism is right. Yeah, they, um, they persuaded themselves. What, who are you to say to the Boingo Boingoese, no, don't do that. That's wrong. Why should you be allowed to impose your values on them? It's not about me imposing my values on them. It's me telling them what my values are. And but you know what? You get my point. You're telling them they're wrong. Who are you to tell them that they're wrong? And they would look at you and go, well, you're wrong. Now, how do we know ultimately who is right and who is wrong? I think it comes down to the the idea of capital T truths versus lowercase t truths and that it depends on where you as a person. So me as a person, I base my truths off of um, biblical understanding. So I'm a Christian. So I think that there is a certain there is certain capital T truth that stems from um, religious teachings and, so, and from God, essentially, and Jesus. And so I think we just got there. Yeah. I think we just got there. Unless God says this is wrong. You and I could debate all day what is right and wrong because we're just two people. I shouldn't be imposing my values on you and vice versa. Unless we can call on a higher standard or a higher authority, you and I merely have preferences, but we don't have facts. We don't have wisdom. We don't have truth. We don't have a concept of right or wrong, good or evil. Fair enough? Fair enough because we are imperfect. So if you're looking to imperfect people in order to come up with a perfect standard, then you're. I feel like that's destined to fail. I uh, couldn't agree more with that. Young man, thank you very much. All right, time to take a slight pause in the witnessing, but we do have much more of it. Witnessing, that is, to continue next. You're listening to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free-loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the 
literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Okay, so I've got a question for you. When was the last time you snuck something in the mail that actually made it to its destination on time? Has it been a while? We feel your pain because at the Wretched Store, we've also been having trouble promising delivery dates for your purchases, and we don't like that at all. Which is why our annual digital sale couldn't have come at a better time. This Friday through Sunday, you'll find the digital download and stream of select resources in the Wretched Store marked 50% off. And that's a win-win-win. How so? Simple. Number one, half off regular price. That's a win for you. Number two, immediate delivery and no waiting on the postal service. Another win for you. And number three, you're happy because you've saved money and didn't have to wait. That's a win for us. See, a win-win-win for everyone all the way around. So don't miss this opportunity that only comes around once a year. Our annual digital sale, Friday through Sunday only at the Wretched Store at Wretched.org. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs org slash wretched. What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? Why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you. Wretched Radio has just really brought me closer to God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives. We know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to wretched.org slash donate. Important dates in Christian history 1540 The Society of Jesus is approved by the Vatican Founded by Ignatius Loyola The Jesuit order sent out zealous missionaries throughout the world Counteracting the Reformation And bringing Roman Catholic Christianity to the Americas this is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back. It is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Todd is out on campus today at the University of Georgia in Athens. And let's not waste a whole lot of time listening to me talk. Let's get back out to the campus now. Your name is Aaron, is that correct? Yes, sir. It's a Bible name. Uh, yes, it is. Was that done intentionally? Uh, I think so. Me and both of my brothers all have Bible names. So, yeah. And is that because your family is Jewish? Um, not Jewish, religious, Protestant. Right, there was a, there was a woman that I was just talking to. She claims to be a Christian, okay. and right before she walks away to leave the bus, she said, "If I'm not a Christian, I'm going to hell." And then she just walks away and leaves me. What do you think of that? Maybe true. Definitely not handled the uh, the. She was nice. Yeah. It, it was, it, she was actually okay. She just had to catch her bus. Are, are you a Christian, Aaron? I am indeed. So could you, I asked her to give me a reason to persuade me to become a Christian. What reason would you give me? Gosh. 
Oh man, I've heard so many answers to this question. Um, my religion, which I call it a religion because that's uh, what it's known as. It's more of a lifestyle for me. My lifestyle and beliefs are, are just that, are, are my life. They are what direct my decisions, what help me deal with the stresses of this insane world. So I'm going to just boil that down. I should become a Christian because I will cope better and have less stress. Well, no, I mean, it's not a it's not a fix. It's a it's a lifestyle. But why should I adopt that lifestyle? If you will, what's in it for me? I believe that it comes with the promise of eternal life. The the perfect afterlife, I guess, is the way I would describe it. You know, different religions have different afterlifes and where you go and then what's after stage one and stage two. And But I believe that Christianity um, comes with the promise of eternity and perfection. If I'm a good Buddhist, do I have any concerns about the afterlife in your Christian opinion? Concerns about the afterlife? Well, you know, that woman before, she mentioned something about hell. I know enough about Christianity to know there's a heaven and there's a hell. If I'm a good Buddhist, do I need to worry about this hell business? What I've come to understand, I think one of the one of the main issues with, with Christianity or that people come across is they have this question of, uh, but what about these people? So, you know, what about the Buddhists? What about the Muslims? What about the people that have never heard of Christianity? Um, I'm just concerned about me right now. I'm a good Buddhist. Do I have any concerns about the afterlife? So, yes, I think you do. I, what, what, what will happen to me, a good Buddhist, when I die, according to your Christian beliefs? According to my beliefs, you will, you will go to hell. Okay, why, as a good Buddhist, would I go to hell? My understanding of, of other religions, which I'm in the process of studying religions. It's a long process. Um, there's a lot of religions and different beliefs. Um, my understanding, as far as my beliefs go, I like to think I'm fairly intelligent. I'm definitely not the utmost intelligence on this earth. But as far as my beliefs go, um, my understanding is that other religions do not operate on a, on a system that um, that that really and truly explains what we're doing on this earth. Um, you know, how we got here, what, you know, they may, they have a, they have a system. Most of them sound systems, um, that connect, um, human, human interactions with gods and human interactions with each other and, um, kind of, a um, an origin to humans and everything else on the earth. But, but Aaron, I need a succinct answer. Why am I a good Buddhist? going to go to hell when I die. I believe that because of imperfection, we can only be rescued. Oh gosh, I'm getting into, this is, this is hard. Um, I'm asking for it. These are good questions. These are good questions. I'm not, look, I'm not like, I'm not going to get mad at you for proselytizing. I am begging you. Tell me as a good Buddhist, why would I be in trouble? Um, because you're imperfect. Okay, that one time with the taxes, just a little, little fudging right there. Other than that, I'm pretty good. Okay, um, but you are imperfect. Would you agree with that? Mm, that sounds pretty accusatory. By whose, by whose, by whose standard? Oh, by, um, by the standards of Buddhism. So by Buddhist standard, I'll be judged. Okay, I've been a good Buddhist, but an imperfect Buddhist. Says who? 
Well, I, I would venture to guess that Buddhism would say that. No, I, I'm doing pretty good. All right. You're doing well. My beliefs say that you have been imperfect. What do you, what do you, you say imperfect? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you've, you know, you've lied, you've cheated, you've, um, lusted after women. You've, um, things that, that probably your conscience tells you are not, not wholesome things are bad things. Okay. So you're telling me because I, as a human being, have done what is natural. I've lied, lusted, cheated, that other laundry list you just gave. God is going to send me to a burning lake of fire forever. Burning lake of fire. I don't know if it's a burning lake of fire, but yes. Now, that's pretty bleak. With all of that background information, I will ask you my original question. Give me a reason to become a Christian. Gosh, the easy answer is so you don't burn in a lake of fire. Why wouldn't I by simply being a Christian? Christianity operates on grace, which is, you know, the most beautiful thing about it to me. Um, Grace meaning God just forgets about all of our boo-boos. Grace meaning imperfection is forgiven. Um, The way grace was always described to me is you're getting something that you don't deserve. Um, Now, I'm thinking to myself, rather judicially, if we're talking about innocence and guilt and sins and imperfections, this God you're describing, to simply just forget about all of the transgressions, the rapes, the murders, the violence, the pornography, the you name it, God's just going to overlook all of that. Is that what you're telling me? That's a, that's a, a generalization. It's not overlooked. It's, um, you know, as far as my beliefs go, it's, it's paid for. It's, uh, there's, a subs- there's a substitution there. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so Christianity, you know, what's, what's the substitute? One of the core beliefs of Christianity is that uh, Jesus, who is God's son, a, a God in, in essence, um, came to earth in human form, you know, just like you or I, and lived a perfect life. So making him the one and only human to do so. So the reason Jesus is different from me is because he never sinned. It's because he never made, you know, he never made mistakes. Um, I have made plenty, plenty of mistakes. So from that point, Jesus, you know, I'm sure that you are familiar with this. Jesus is um, killed by the Jews, by the people that were waiting for him and pays the price through his crucifixion pays the price for sinners. Now, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as simple as Jesus was killed. That's not, that's not what I think, you know, my payment is if I don't believe that Jesus came to save me, um, to die for me. I think Jesus was killed, was ridiculed, was hated, was, you know, spent, um, a period in hell, which, a period separated from God completely. Um, and that was the full extent of, you know, what I have waiting for me if I don't believe in the, the beliefs of Christianity. So it sounds to me, if I can summarize this, Aaron, you tell me, I'll summarize it and you tell me if I've got this right. To me, you've just said, because I have broken God's rules, I deserve to be punished. But God is good 
and Jesus came to this earth to take the punishment that I deserve so that I can be forgiven because of his substitutionary death on a cross on my behalf. Did I get it right? Yeah, uh, I think so. No. What are you studying here, Aaron? I'm studying exercise and sports science. Okay. What do you want to do with that? Uh, I want to be a physical therapist. You're going to have a lot of one-on-one time with people, aren't you? Absolutely. You're going to have a lot of time to have conversations like this with people, aren't you? Yes, sir. Dude, I like you. I just like you. You're a you're a bright-eyed, you're clear, you're sharp, and you got wit. Why didn't you tell me that right away? Why didn't you give me that straight away? Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm listening to this, dude, and I'm going, you're telling me that God came here and died on my behalf? Now, I'm going... That's pretty amazing. If you're telling me that is true, I'm thinking to myself, why would you like hesitate to tell me this? That's the kicker. Um, gosh, I think I messed up. Um, <laughs> but according to you, that'd be forgiven too. Yeah, forgiven. Sadly, I think I'm a little, I guess, scared is, is a word. I'm a little hesitant as a person to share my faith, you know, as simply and as forwardly as that. Let's just do a little exercise. All right. We're sitting here in the, in the square, and at this moment, there's not a ton of people around, but sometimes this place is just packed with people walking through. Let's just say all of these people that are walking through here, they don't know this thing that you're describing about Jesus and the substitutionary death. They're all going to hell, aren't they? Um, yeah. That's a really scary thought, isn't That's it? a scary thought. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I'm frequently as guilty as you because I believe everything that you just told me. And I don't share that with people the way that I should either. So you and I both guilty, but forgiven Christians need to do better next time. There's your bus run for it, man. And it's time for another one of those breaks in the action. But we do have much more witnessing still to come. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. So why doesn't this lady believe a man can be a woman? Trans women should be legally treated as women. Tell me why you're strongly disagreeing. Because I'm a molecular geneticist. Being male or being female is a developmental process. Well, doesn't she just have the ego standing up there sharing facts and whatnot? Okay, so see if you can wrap your mind around this. There's a guy in California who creates social media profiles of minors in order to catch predators. He recently confronted a man he had been chatting with who expressed interest in molesting three specific children, a nine, six, and one-year-old. And he provided screenshots of the messages between the two. And police in Berkeley, California were called to the location where the, quote, predator hunter confronted the pedophile predator. Even with the evidence in hand, police let the man walk away and chastise the predator hunter for misgendering the pedophile. So apparently making plans to molest three children, and these messages are terrible, by the way, but making plans to molest a nine, six, and one-year-old isn't as bad as calling someone the correct gender they were born as. Such an amazing time to be alive. Now, a former U.S. postal worker is appealing to the U.S. Supreme Court after a circuit court recently ruled the Postal Service did not have to honor the man's request to be off on Sundays because of his Christian faith. The man was forced to resign his job as a postal carrier after his religious exemption was revoked and he started consistently missing work. First Liberty Institute and the Church State Council are helping with the case. 
A former volunteer chaplain for the Austin, Texas Fire Department has filed a federal lawsuit after being fired for holding biblical views on LGBT issues. So, can you be fired if you're a volunteer? Okay, sorry, I'm supposed to be on his side, and I actually am. The man, an ordained minister, posted three blogs on his personal website about LGBT issues, transgenderism, and sports, and the city promptly excused him as chaplain. I wonder who they thought they were hiring when they hired a chaplain. Were they expecting an unbeliever with no biblical views? If so, then why call them a chaplain? A judge in Pakistan recently refused to review evidence from a Christian couple trying to recover their 12-year-old kidnapped daughter. The 12-year-old was forced to convert and marry her abductor, and the judge denied the parents custody, though they had all the evidence to prove their daughter was 12 years old. It's sad, but very on brand for Pakistan's legal system. And as we tell you all of the time here at Wretched, please make sure that you continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. Haggai was a prophet around the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. When the efforts to rebuild the temple had stopped, Haggai encouraged the people to continue and reminded them of God's presence among them and the importance of assembling together to worship. When you consider your priorities, give careful attention to the worship of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd today is out at UGA. And let's continue now. Eavesdropping on his campus conversations. This is John over here. Now, I just asked John what he's reading. He happens to be reading a book called... He says, Barabbas, I say Barabbas, and he was willing to have a little chat with us about his beliefs, knowledge, wisdom, and we're just going to see if we can have a little conversation about who has perhaps the more persuasive position. So please meet John. How do you do, John? Thanks very much. All right. Tell me about this book you're reading. Who wrote this book? Well, it's uh, Per Lagerfisk. I think I've had that before. You dip it in butter? Some aquavit, perhaps. I just now the book. The book is about whom? Well, it's about uh, Barabbas or Barabbas. uh, Probably right about the pronunciation, actually. But um, and it's uh, basically just it's about the the man who the thief basically that uh, was offered as an option versus Christ, and the Jews chose to. or the Pharisees chose to to choose Barabbas, get him released, and and send Christ on to the cross. Now, do you believe that that is that that this fellow actually existed, Barabbas, or uh, um, both, both, or Christ? Yes, yes. So, does that inform your worldview? Are you a Christian? Yes, it does inform my worldview. Yes, and and I, yeah, I would call myself a Christian. Yeah. Now we're here at the university, and we're 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 seeing that this is a great place of an institution of learning, and people are trying to impart wisdom. As a Christian, tell me what do you think wisdom is? Well, I mean, as a Christian, I mean, um, the Proverbs actually says the wisdom, fear of the Lord. I'm sorry, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes, right. So, how do we know what wisdom is? In that sense, then you'd have to go back to the scripture as such. Yeah. I don't believe in the Bible, so why should I buy your wisdom? Well, in that case, you're kind of going to have to go back to um, really more of a, of a practical matter in terms of how you live your life and what 
how things work out for you and how things work out for society in general. So pragmatics. Mm -hmm. So let's just say pragmatically, it turns out that um, running up to the guy who owned those two bulldogs and taking his bulldogs uh, pragmatically that worked out for me because I love dogs and it worked out for me. So is it okay for me to take his dogs? No, but that's because I guess I would look at pragmatics as being more than just an interest of self-interest, but more of a of a social interest in terms of how it affects society in general. So, you know, his dogs and and so on. You you you're going to create situations and problems in a, in a social order that that. All right, John. If I could find a study someplace, perhaps at the university campus here, probably funded with some government money, that concluded, if we exterminated everybody with an IQ of less than eighty, society would be better off. Would it be okay to then exterminate that group of people? Well, I would say no. Yeah. Um, but pragmatically could say that, that that's the case. That's true. Um, but then I guess that's kind of where I would come back to authority of scripture and so on and so forth. And then you're saying, well, I don't believe in scripture. So then what else do you base your beliefs on in that sense? And I can't, I think that that gets down to some of the issues that you have in uh, society and in the social order. And so, okay. So I've heard you say two things. You would quote the Bible and pragmatics would be two ways that you would argue what is right or wrong, which would be the priority for you? The Bible generally. Yeah. So you believe as a Christian, the strongest argument that you have when it comes to societal morals would be the scriptures? Yes. And that would not uh, apply to everyone because obviously, as you said, you know, it's like, well, I don't believe in that. So then obviously you have, there are issues that you deal with in society because there are different standards that different people have. And especially in a pluralistic society like the United States, uh, different people are living by different sets of standards and such. Yeah. Which, which leads to the, the bit of the conundrum that we're in right now. Right. So John, if, if we don't have an external source of authority, ultimately sitting on this bench, you and I might disagree about everything. How will we ever conclude what is right or good if we don't go to that book you call the Bible? That's a very good question. And um, I think there are some things that you can do with logic uh, and reason. Um, there are some things that you, you obviously can't because you have to have I guess the, the problem with logic and reason is that you have to have a, a base and you may not agree on the base. And then, of course, you're going to end up with totally different conclusions. So with, without without your book, without your call to authority, I believe you use that term or an appeal to an authority. We're just sitting here in a land of preference, but not in a land of wisdom or morality. I think it's difficult to define morality without some kind of base. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, I appreciated the chat very much. Thank you very much. All right. Now. If I asked you to do something, will you do it? Now, I'm going to tell you what it is. All right. So here's what I'm going to ask you. You say you're a Christian. Convert me. Well, it's not up to me to convert you. And I can't convert you. That's something that has to come from, you know, from, from a spiritual authority, from God. Okay. So what should, what should I do? Do I wait for a voice? What should I do? Essentially, you would have to wait on on God to to uh, to pull you into that. Um, I, it's not necessarily a voice. It, it, but if I asked you, John, you seem like a nice fellow. You're smart. You're well read. I'm. I would like for you to persuade me to become what you are, and that is a Christian. I could not do that. Why? Um, because, like I said, that is not something that uh, is within uh, human control or authority. Now, 
you're either suggesting that that God somehow persuades people without a human element involved, or you're a Calvinist. So I'm wondering which it is. Uh, oh, I'm really neither. <laughs> okay, so then didn't Jesus say you're supposed to go and make disciples? Yes, he did. Here I sit. I'd like to become a disciple, John. Go. I could tell you, I could tell you all kinds of things about what I believe and how I believe it and, and so on and so forth. Persuade me to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I could not persuade you other than by living my life in a way that you would look at and you would say that person is a fine example and I wonder what that is. Okay, I'm asking you. I think you're a fine example. Tell me already. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I don't got one on the hook here. Persuade me to believe in Jesus. Well, th that's the issue is that I don't know how I can just persuade you in, in one conversation. I mean, <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> You've now purchased enough time. Come on, give me your best shot. Okay. Why should I become a Christian? Why should you become a Christian? Well, be, uh, essentially, well, see, now we're going to come back to a whole bunch of issues that you're like, well, but why do I? Well, I will not even fight with you. Why should I become a Christian? This is the easiest evangelistic encounter you've ever had. <laughs> um, well, because it'll be good for you and it'll be good for society as a whole. Why? Because we would have a, a, a moral basis that is the same and... Uh, and would hopefully then have peace and understanding among all peoples. I'm doing okay right now. Lovely wife, great kids, pay my taxes, don't beat my dog often. Everything's pretty good. Do I have any other reason to become a Christian? Um, well, everything's good for you, but not everything's good in society as a whole. My neighbors think I'm doing all right. I contribute. I walk little old ladies across the street. I don't hurt anybody. I'm contributing. All stuff. All great stuff. So give me a reason then to become a Christian. Do you have any? It would come back to basically that that's what, you know, God would want for you. Why? Well, do you believe in God, first of all, at all? I'm waiting for you to convert me. <laughs> all right. Here, let me, let me, let me try this. You, don't, you could believe in God and not be a Christian. This book right here about Barabbas. Is that how you pronounced it? See, it makes it sound smarter. You know, it almost makes you sound yeah, British when you put the accent on a different syllable. My dad is British. So. There you go. See, I think we just discovered why. Okay, so Barabbas was a part of the scene where Jesus, who claimed to be the Messiah, was brought before a group of people on trial with Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate said, okay, on this day, one's going to go free. Who do you want, Jesus or Barabbas? The crowd chanted, Barabbas. Barabbas. Let's be consistent. All right. And Jesus then was beaten and went onto a cross and was executed. According to the Bible, why? Uh, basically for the, uh, for the sins of the people and for, for our sins. So he died for my sins? Yes. Mm -hmm. So do I get forgiveness because he died for my sins? You get forgiveness from God, yes, because he died for your sins, yes. Do I need to become a Christian to get that? Yes, you, you would ultimately have to to be a Christian. To, to. If I don't become a Christian and if I don't have forgiveness, what's the consequence? Well, the consequence uh, at this point in time would be um, would be negligible, I think, if if God's not working with you or calling you. If I died drop dead right now on this campus, because clearly I'm in such poor shape, I can't even pet a dog without panting. What would happen to me? You'd be dead, just like 
me and what about what about my soul uh don't really believe in souls so you think when we die we die and break this seems like a really good place to take a break well more like an interesting place to take a break but hang tight hang with us we'll be right back as todd and john continue discussing souls the existence of hell and more it's a witness wednesday on wretched radio How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched Store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched Store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched Store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org slash store. All of the resources that you'll find find are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the give link at the top of the page? There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store, wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Attributes of God God is incomprehensible Finite humans cannot fully comprehend the one who created everything Yet he has revealed himself in the Bible And while we cannot know him exhaustively We can know what is true about him And once we are reconciled through Christ We will never stop learning about him 
This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd, of course, out today at UGA. And when we last left him, he was speaking with John, who's a self-professed Christian. But he does have some interesting takes on the souls of men and the existence of hell. So let's get back to their chat now. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. We die, uh, and then there is a, uh, the, the scriptures talk about a resurrection uh, 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 that comes later. So when I'm resurrected, what will happen to me if I do not become a Christian and have forgiveness of my sins? God will raise you up, and um, at that point, uh, you would then know that there is a God and that there is an existence beyond that. And then at that point, uh, things would be shared with you about um, things that uh, that you right now you, you tend to think, well, I don't really believe that. Obviously, at that point, those kinds of things would be shared, and then you'd have a choice, basically, about do you want to accept that or do you not want to accept that? Kind of a second chance program. Not really a second chance in some ways, and in other ways it is. Uh, I would say it's not a second chance because if you have that knowledge or that faith at this time in this life and you reject it, then you're not given. You're not going to be given that second opportunity. But if, on the other hand, God hasn't, as I was saying before, called you to it, then, then uh, yeah, it, it would be your first chance essentially. So if I reject this whole thing now, later, whatever, however the details work out. What will happen to my eternal, immortal soul? Well, we don't have an immortal soul, and that, that's the thing. So you would basically be burned up. You'd, you would just cease to exist. So annihilated. Yeah. What Bible verse says then? Um, Jesus talks about that in, um, in the Gospels in various places. Um, where he, and then in Malachi, there's a scripture that talks about uh, people being ashes under the soles of people's feet. Which is obvious. It does happen. But what about the thing that makes us us, the soul that goes on? You think that that's just obliterated? Right. Yeah. There, there is not really a soul. There's a, you could call it a soul or a spirit or, or, or something like that. But Now, historically, haven't Christians said that hell is eternal conscious torment? I do think that that's the that is definitely the view of, of mainstream Christianity. So you're not a mainstream Christian. You're a Jehovah's Witness. No. Uh, you're a, not a Mormon. What are you? Ah, wait a second. I think I can, uh, scientists, uh, uh, science seven, uh, seven, not Seventh-day Adventist. No. Uh, I am a, I am a Sabbath keeper. Um, I, I attend with, uh, groups that are affiliated with, uh, largely it's kind of a church of God movement, um, but not Pentecostal, it, but Sabbatarian church of God. So another, so then based on all of that, I really don't have a reason to become a Christian. Well, it benefits you and it benefits society as a whole. Um, if you mean Oprah benefits society. So she's kind of got, she has no reason then to become a Christian, right? Well, why would you not want to become a Christian? I haven't heard a compelling reason from you. <laughs> I guess the thing is like, it doesn't, it's not going to be of benefit. If your whole purpose of life is just to benefit, to make sure that you're benefiting yourself, then yeah, I mean that. I'm loaded. I'm leaving a monster inheritance to my kid. You could probably tell. I own a private jet. I'm richer than a TV preacher. Okay. I'm good. So I then have heard no compelling reason to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Is that a fair assessment of our exchange? From your point of view, yes. I would I would say that that's that's that is that is the case. But then that's you know, that's essentially so that would be maybe why you don't really share your faith very much. Um, I will share it if somebody comes up and asks me, like you have 
asked me. But yeah, I don't go around um, trying to convert people now because like you said, it's like convert me. And it's like, I can't convert you. That's something that has to come from, from God. And um, why would God want to convert me if ultimately snuff I'm out? Um, because why did he make you in the first place? I mean, if all he's going to do is snuff you out, why would he even make you? Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you have children? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a very funny question. <laughs> that's actually very funny. To be honest, I didn't think about it before we did it. I'm glad we did, but I never did. Right. Why Why do we have children? I mean, I would assume that God is being love. He just wants to share and, and so on and so forth. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to show love and he wants to share and he wants to create a family and have lots of children and, and people with them and so on and so forth. Okay. So, John, your specific denomination is what? Um, well, we don't really, I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're, we're Church of God. We're Sabbatarians. Um, and what happens if I don't keep the Sabbaths? Uh, if you don't keep the Sabbaths, just have a more stressful week and you're probably not going to be as um, in tune, I think, with, with some of the things in. John, if, if, there's, if there's no hell, there's no heaven, that to me sounds like there's no justice. No, I didn't say there wasn't a heaven. Is there a hell? There is a hell, but... but uh, Who goes there? We all go to hell. It just depends on... Yeah, hell, if you look up the scriptures and you look up the Hebrew, hell, Sheol, and most of the terms in the... It refers to the grave. We all... Okay, so this, this, this place of eternal conscious torment that I do believe Jesus talked about in Matthew 25 when he said you will depart and you will either go to eternal heaven, eternal paradise, or eternal damnation. If there's no hell... How does just what happens to the rapists, the murderers, the liars, the thieves, the adulterers? Does God just forget about it? Well, um, again, you're talking about eternal uh, heaven and eternal. Where is justice reckoned? Which, which I would not believe in. I mean, I don't. Okay, so where would all the evil that happens out here? How does that ever get accounted for? Does did the books just get wiped clean and we just forget about it and move on to another chapter? Or is there a day of reckoning when God will act as a judge to determine who is innocent or guilty and give evildoers what they've earned for themselves? If there isn't a place of punishment for them, it sounds to me like God isn't just or loving. Um, well, you, you reap certain amount of punishment in this life for doing things that are you know, bad to other people. Um, in, in after the resurrection, there is a judgment, there is a calling to account, um, but ultimately anybody not called at this time is forgivable. And, uh, you know, you so God's just going to forgive blanket forgiveness for amnesty for everyone. Uh, quite possible. It depends, uh, again, uh, largely on one's motivations, one's knowledge. But John, if somebody walks into a courtroom, a hundred people are in the courtroom. They were all guilty of genocide in Rwanda. And the judge said, I'm loving, I'm good. I'm going to let you all go because you didn't have much knowledge. Would that be just? Well, those people are still going to have to change. They're still going to have to repent because basically... That's fine, but what about the crimes that they've already committed? Let's say they're perfect from that day on. What about their crimes already? Would that not be an unjust judge who simply said, forget about it? Um, you know, I, 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 you know, Christ said, forgive as you shall be forgiven. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm more concerned about forgiving people. I'm more concerned about um, being forgiven. I, I want to, you know, if somebody does something bad... 
and they change. But Chan, you agree that there should be a court system where people who are criminals who break the law should be punished, yes? Um, I believe that uh, there should be justice to an extent, yeah, but I don't necessarily believe in justice as a, as a revenge mechanism or as a vengeance mechanism. So if somebody has done something wrong and sincerely has so a, a, a pedophile who molests children you would say how much what what should be the a few weeks a month a year what if the person has truly changed what why why are we doing anything because he's done horrible things and that's just revenge i'm not into no, okay not revenge Re- revenge is with a spirit of i just want to hurt you because you hurt me justice even though it's punitive does not need to be vengeful well that's true. But then that goes back to the things that, I mean, if you go into Romans, for example, and uh, there it talks about how um, God is the judge of the world. And and he will judge all people according to what they have done. And he will pour out his anger and his wrath on everybody who refuses to repent, who practices evil deeds and lives for themselves. There'll be trouble and calamity in that day. It's Romans chapter two, right? Yeah, I'm not talking about Romans chapter two, but there it, that certainly there is that that aspect. Uh, he will pour out his anger and his wrath on everybody who refuses to repent, who practices evil deeds, who lives for themselves. That's a pretty straight quote. What do you do with that, John? Oh, well, I'm actually talking about Romans. Um, I think it's 13, which is where it, um, Paul talks about the um, the civil authorities being responsible for judging God using those civil authorities. I'm, I'm talking about the eternal courtroom, that God will pour out his wrath on everybody who refuses to repent, who practices evil deeds. So what do you do with that? How do you make that just go away? Is he not going to do that? No, he will do that. That is uh, that is what's called the, the day of the Lord. And that's the, uh, the end. Time. So if I don't become a Christian, I'm going to meet him on the day of the Lord and he's going to pour out his, out his wrath on me, correct? Well... Yes, there will be there will be times of reckoning towards the end of the age. Yes. So wouldn't that be a motivation for me to become a Christian? Absolutely. Yes. So back to Barabbas, this whole thing. Why did Jesus die on a cross for the forgiveness of sins so that people could have forgiveness if they will repent and put their trust in him? And if they don't, they don't have forgiveness. They will face God in the day of the Lord and he will punish them for what they have done, the sins that they have committed, the crimes that they have committed against his law and his standard. And there will be a reward for those who repent because they believe in Jesus and his atoning work. And there will be punishment for people who have committed works of darkness. Fair enough? Uh, yes, but I think it depends. You know, the day of the Lord is not the judgment day. So it sounds to me like you just got converted. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and that's going to put the ramps on another Witness Wednesday. Hey, don't forget this weekend's annual digital sale at wretched.org. I mentioned it earlier, and I'll remind you one last time. The digital downloads and the stream of select resources are going to be 50% off this Friday through Sunday only at wretched.org. Okay, enough of the cheap plugs. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.